How about a Bible commentary written by the author? Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. There are some things hard to understand in the scriptures, as Peter put it, and as we would expect of a book written by a being infinitely more intelligent than we are. The entire book of the Revelation is often neglected as being beyond our grasp. But within the book itself, we find God's marginal notes to the core message. Jim is pointing out these bracketed passages. Here's more of his sermon, Breaking Down Revelation. If you want to read the book of the Revelation chronologically, that's what you do. You start here in chapter 6, and you just, what I did as a kid, as a teenager, I went through in my Bible, and I circled first, I circled second, I, cir- I went through and I identified the verse where each of the seals were broken. Then I looked for the trumpets, and I circled when the first trumpet was blown and did each of them to the seven. Then I went back and found the passage about the, ra- the wrath of the bowls, and I circled first bowl, second bowl, third, all the way down to seven. So those 21 events give pace, they give definition, they give chronology to the book. Got that? Now, there's a problem. And this problem maybe causes more problems for people trying to understand the book of the Revelation than anything else in the book. Let's attack the problem by going all the way to the end of the book. Okay? Turn over to chapter 21. Chapter 21. Now, some have called these interruptions. I want to call them interviews. Interviews. In chapter 21, now watch, the revelation is completed. The book of the Revelation is completed at verse 8, chapter 21, verse 8. Look what happens in chapter 21, verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who had held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came and spoke with me. Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. He then carried me away in the spirit to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. From that verse all the way through the rest of chapter 21 and almost all of chapter 22, John has this personal tour, this personal interview, this personal up-close investigation and discovery about details concerning the new Jerusalem who is identified as the wife of the Lamb. Its height, its substance, its measurements, the lifestyle that goes on there, characteristics about it, are minutely added. What John is given by this angelic visit from one of the seven who poured out the bowls is a detailed interview, a detailed investigation to discover the particular properties, the particular aspects, the particular details about this new Jerusalem, this holy, this whole new heaven and earth. That's what it's all about. Now notice how it ends in verse uh, verse 8 of chapter 22. 
chapter 22, verse 8. I, John, the one who heard and saw these things, when I heard and saw them, fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had showed them to me. Now watch. But he said, don't do that. I'm a fellow slave with you, your brothers, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book. Worship God. Then he also said, don't seal the prophetic words, and he goes all the way down through the end of verse 11. Now, do me a favor. Take a pencil and bracket. Take a pencil and mark chapter 21, verse 9, 21, verse 9, all the way down through 22, verse 11. Just do me a favor and do that. Now, what we're calling that is an interview or an up-close personal expanded investigation of something that already had been introduced in the text of the book of the Revelation. Got it? Now, come back with me, please, to chapter 17. Chapter 17. And here we're going to have another investigation. We're going to have another special interruption of the flow of the text interruption of the chronology, in order for John to get an up-close personal understanding, a tour, if you please, of certain things that have already been mentioned in the text. But John gets a closer investigation. Look at chapter 17, verse 1, and mark it. You're going to bracket this too. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls, that sounds familiar, both of these angelic hosts had participated in the pouring out of the seven great bowls of wrath. That's described in chapter 16. Both of them. Now, these are special angels, as you find out in chapter 15, but you'll find that on your own. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, here we go. I will show you the judgment of the notorious prostitute who sets so many waters. Kings of the earth committed sexual immorality with her, on and on and on and on and on and on. Look at verse 4. The woman who's sitting on this beast was dressed in purple, scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones. She had a gold cup in her hand filled with everything vile and with the impurities of her prostitution. On her forehead, a cryptic name was written, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the vile things of the earth. Verse 6, I saw that the woman was drunk on the blood of the saints and on the blood of the witnesses to Jesus. When I saw her, I was utterly astonished. Then the angel said to me, why are you astonished? And he goes on then to explain who she is, where she comes from, what part does she play in this incredible drama of the victory of Jesus Christ. The angel comes and says, John, come here. I want to show you the judgment of this terrible, terrible system that's represented by this woman. You see that? Now, the discussion continues, verse 7, all the way down through chapter 17. It continues in chapter 18. It continues in chapter 19. Come with me, please, to chapter 19 and verse 9. Then the angel, that's the he, said to me, Right, blessed are those invited to the marriage feast of the Lamb. He also said to me, These words of God are true. Now watch. Then 
I fell at his feet to worship him. Does that sound familiar? Dejuval. That's exactly what happened later in the book in the previous investigation. John is so overwhelmed by this experience and so impressed with what this angel knows and how what the angel explains fits and expands upon all that John had cryptically seen in the previous part of the book that he was watching. You got it? I, I tried to worship him, and he says, don't do that. I am a fellow slave with you and your brothers who have the testimony about Jesus. Worship God. That's, the, that's, that's verbatim what John was told in the previous interview we looked at at the end of the book. You got it? Now, what I want you to see is that both of these passages, both of these clumps of Scripture are targeted interviews. John gets personal interviews. They add nothing to the chronology. Matter of fact, that's where the problem comes. Sometimes in these interviews, people try to figure, well, wait a minute, how does that fit into the chronology? And often it doesn't. It's a sidebar. Let me give you an illustration of what's going on here before we go to the next one, because there are two more of these. We'll be going to Jerusalem and to the land of Israel, Lord willing, and uh, other things being equal. We'll be there the last two weeks of April. I come down for breakfast, always come down early and meet with the guide to make sure that what we have planned in our itineration is going to work. He says to me, hey Jim, they've just uncovered a very important biblical artifact. Just last week, archaeologists uncovered the crown of David. They uncovered his throne. They uncovered books that he wrote. And today's the first time anybody gets to see them. You want to take your group there? And what do you say? <laughs> Absolutely, we want to take our group there. Absolutely. Now remember, we've already got the day planned. The day's been planned for two years now, and you have it written on your itineration. Today we're going to visit the temple wall. Today we're going to visit. Today we're going to visit. And I'm sitting there with this guy, and he's saying, well, we can only go between 10 and 12. And I say, then we're going to change the schedule, and we're going to do that. Now, that's what's happening to John. John, as he processes what he sees, as he watches this drama unfold in front of him, he sees things that are enormously significant. And in these two instances, one of the angels, this special group of angels who poured out the seven bowls of wrath, one of these angels comes to John and says, hey, John, come here, I want to give you an up front look at and a full explanation about something that you saw happen. Now let me show you how that works quickly, just one illustration. Look with me please at the seventh bowl, the seventh bowl, that would be chapter 16 and verse 17, chapter 16 and verse 17. 
The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. Now this is in chronology. This is the last of the bowls of wrath. He poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice out of the sanctuary from the throne said, It is done. There were lightnings, rumblings, thunders, and a severe earthquake occurred like no other since man has been on the earth. So great was the quake. The great city, that would be Jerusalem, split into three parts. The cities of the nations fell. Now watch. Babylon the Great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. See that? The judgment of what is called Babylon has already taken place. And chapters 17, 18, and 19 unpack that phrase. It tells how that judgment was executed and tells how heaven responded and the details of this massive government, this massive one world government and religion that was destroyed at the time of the, of the seventh bowl of wrath. See what I'm saying? Now, come with me to the third interruption, please. Turn to chapter 10. Chapter 10. John says, Then I saw a mighty angel coming down from heaven, surrounded by a cloud, with a rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun. His legs were like fiery pillars. He had a little scroll opened in his hand. Key. Key. The seven seals have been removed. He now holds that scroll open so that everything that's written on the inside of the scroll can now be plainly read. See the image? The Lamb of God is the one who opened the seven seals. This angel descends with this scroll, this open scroll, in his hand. He put his right foot on the sea, his left on the land. He cried with a loud voice like a roaring lion. When he cried, the seven thunders spoke with their voices. When the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Seal up what the seven thunders said and do not write it down. This is a part of the revelation John got that he was forbidden to write for you and me. I have a theory about that. I think if we had a record of what the seven thunders said, we would have a whole lot better understanding about the timing of these things. That's what I think. Listen to what the angel says. Then the angel that I had seen standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven. He swore an oath by the one who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, the sea and what is in it. There will no longer be an interval of time. But in the days of the sound of the seventh angel, when he shall blow his trumpet, then God's hidden, note that, God's hidden plan. The most famous verse that would bring that to your mind 
is when Jesus said, but of that day and hour, no man knows. Only the Father. That's hidden. There's some things that God has hidden. Some of the things that God has hidden are going to be clear to see when the seven-sealed scroll is open. And one of those things is that when the seventh angel sounds the seventh trumpet, look what's going to happen. When he blows his trumpet, then God's hidden plan will be completed as he announced to his servants the prophets. What does that mean? That means that certain things are going to happen in conjunction with the seventh angel's trumpet that are going to dramatically put events on the earth in terms of fulfilled prophecy into high gear. That's what that means. Some things are going to happen on the earth when the seventh angel sounds his trumpet that are going to, <laughs> they're going to totally change life on earth for every person living here. I mean, totally change. He goes on then, give John the scroll, John eats the scroll, and he says, the angel says, now John, you're going to be proclaiming things that pertain to this, this, this period of time when restraints will be removed and when the events prophesied are going to accelerate or take place. Now, Jesus told us in Matthew 24, he said, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place, well, that's exactly what Daniel had talked about. And Jesus said, as written or as prophesied by Daniel the prophet, then you flee, you run, you hasten to the place in the wilderness, don't stay in Jerusalem. Why? Because that public desecration of the temple will inaugurate the presidency of the king of the world, his majesty, the Antichrist. Simultaneous with that, the two prophets will be killed. Simultaneous with that, Satan and all the demons who now have access to heaven are going to be kicked out. That's going to be a traumatic moment. And here's the key. Here's the key. If you see that, you can take it to the bank. It's going to be one half of the 70th week of Daniel will begin there. That's how pivotal that event is. the desecration of the temple and the death of the two witnesses is God's signal to the people on earth that you're halfway through this 70th week. The one Daniel prophesied. You're going to be 42 months, 1,640 days, time, time, snap a time. And what you find what you find then in the message that this angel gives, you find those figures, I think, five or six times. 
Now, let's read on. The angel has John measure the temple and the people worshiping there, tells him about the two witnesses who are going to have 42 months. You'll see that in verse 3 of chapter 11. I will empower my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1260 days, dressed in sackcloth. That's a specific number of days. Now, we do not have any sign. We do not have any sign in Scripture that tells us the day those two witnesses begin their ministry. We don't have it. But if you're living on the earth and you see those two witnesses killed and you see the temple in Jerusalem desecrated, you see that, you set your time clock. It will be exactly 1,260 days from that experience until Jesus returns from heaven to fight the battle of Armageddon. That's what the angel says when he says that when the seventh angel and the seventh trumpet sounds, delay will be no longer. So we read in his message that the two witnesses finish their ministry and they are killed and their bodies lie in the streets of Jerusalem. You know all about that. Then in verse 11, chapter 11, verse 11, after three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them and they stood on their feet. Great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. You've already heard that tonight. Where did you hear it? That's what Jesus said to John on the Isle of Patmos in chapter 4, verse 1. Same voice, same person, says to these two killed martyrs, these two prophets, come up here. And the Bible says, they went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies watched. That word, they went up, is the same word translated raptured. It's the same word. They are raptured to heaven. Jim has been pointing out the non-chronological sections of the book of Revelation. The interviews, or the explanatory notes, starting with the final such passage and moving backward through the book. You may want to listen again when you can have your Bible open, and I'll give you a few ways to do that. The sermon is called Breaking Down Revelation. If you'd like to have the whole message on CD, we'll send it to you for a donation of $7 or more. The nine sermons in our series With John on the Isle of Patmos are available together in a CD album for your contribution of $34 or more. You can also hear today's broadcast again on our website, rightstartradio.org. Plus, you can play programs from our extensive audio library there, which also includes original sermon audio from Pastor Jim, not segmented for broadcast. And click that on iTunes link to find out about the daily podcast, the radio show on the go. Find us at rightstartradio.org. Also on the website, you can make a donation easily and securely. Thanks to the people who prayed and to those who donated online or sent a check so that Right Start could be broadcast today. We really are grateful. And lots of listeners all over the world are silently thanking you too. 
Another way to donate is the old school way. You can mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085 USA. Or simply call 1-800-984-2313. Once more, that's 800-984-2313. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. We've reached the end of the week, but not the end of this message. Jim will show us where the rest of the brackets in Revelation are on Monday. Have a great weekend, and don't forget to tune in again for the next Right Start. Thank you.